the Savior grace. When we look upon this world with open eyes, we see a string of phenomenon which are apparently quite disconnected, often chaotic, seemingly anomalous because they don't follow the logical train of things, at least as we understand, and very often or at least often enough unpleasant to make us wonder as to what this world is about, what's going on, to use the more modern term. This is the surface view. And indeed, to the surface view, if we really look at it as the way things unfold, it looks like there is nothing else but a series of random events. And to fill in the lacunae, because random events is as good as saying we really don't know what is happening, we bring in various kinds of terms, chance, probability, fate, and so on and so forth. This is the surface view of man. But if we just reflect a little, let's leave aside all that is written in books, all that people have spoken about. When we just reflect and look deeper, we just wonder and marvel that how come there is still order, there is still uh, joy, there is still something to look forward to in this world. How come a state of primordial chaos, in fact the word used is soup, it's a dignified word for saying primordial chaos, cosmic indeterminates to put it otherwise. How come in this randomness which we find when we dip deep, dig deep into creation, the atomic particles, what is it that is fashioning it into order, building, um, you know, we find so difficult even to build houses out of mud. It's building man out of mud. Literally, atoms, molecules combining together and giving rise to fantastic march of uh, you know, evolutionary forms, names, energies. And anyone who is not prejudiced is bound to wonder or at least to contemplate and feel that there is something out there which we don't understand, which it operates in the depths of creation. And that is why, I mean, this was the logic of things when Shurabindo says that supermind and the supramental creation is inevitable in the very logic of things. So that is why, at least for me, this used to be uh, something very interesting that from dust man has been created out of what? We use the word evolution. Who conducts evolution? What is that power? What is that force? And so will it really stop with man or it is bound to go further? The logic of things would be that it is bound to go further even if we leave aside everything else uh, you know, onto the sidelines. So that power which is operating in creation in its depth which we don't understand and it works in such incalculable ways. As Shubhinder describes in Savitri that randomly its footfalls without reasoning, without you know thinking it out, creates the orchid and the rose. It's so amazing. Beauty is sprawling in a dangerous world and there it brings delight. So when we really look at it, we understand that behind the anomalies which we encounter in life, by anomalies I mean plenty of things happen which we don't want to happen. A young person dies, a person who is, uh, you know, uh, punishes virtue with defeat, as Shubindo says, that somebody who has been really good meets with uh, severe um, difficulties in life and someone who has been apparently wicked, 
he amasses a lot of money, achieves success. So behind all these anomalies, anomalies because of the human reason and its limited working, they appear anomalies because one, we see the surface. We see a man accumulating wealth by unfair means, but we don't know what goes on inside his depths. Like that story in a dream. Similarly, we see a just man or a virtuous man punished by defeat. But we don't see that as a result of this defeat, what changes take place within this person, opening doors to an evolutionary process or an evolutionary transition. So we look at the surfaces, we do not see the depths and therefore human reason finds it very, very anomalous. What is the reason? Like world was preparing for, you know, all those things were going on, that inflation on the one side and what is going to happen to the money, etc. And suddenly this event comes, a viral infection out of nowhere, I mean out of somewhere, but let's say that we don't, don't really know and it changed the whole face of the world. So what is this power which is working behind, within creation, as if in its heart, supporting it, sustaining it, carrying it forward and leading it towards goals which appear baffling to the human reason. Now, of course, when we look at life within a short frame, it's different. But when we look at long spaces of time, what really prevents creation from collapse? Why don't things just fall back into chaos? Because they have seemed to have emerged from chaos. What really orders them and places them in, in this way that in a, in a kind of what creates harmony out of disorder? So when we look at that, we understand that there is something which is working, which we don't know, which we don't understand. And that mysterious something, that factor X, that which is working in the depths of creation, that is grace. So grace is that which, in a, you know, it has many aspects and levels of working. But it is that which fundamentally saves creation from collapse, from disintegration, from chaos. Not only does it save. Sometimes it turns, its touch turns, even collapse into a new creation. And I, I'll just use one example which is very amazing. Uh, there are many examples, but one of them which comes to my mind is that, you know, just when the dinosaurs were destroyed as a result of the asteroid striking. So what happened during that period? A huge mass of things were destroyed. I mean, the, the earth was no more the same. And then what happens after some whatever millions of years or maybe a billion years after that when creation picked up again life picked up again it took many 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 forms than what was possible during or what was available during the dinosaurian age so it turns difficulties it turns oppositions to the world march into great opportunities for progress we have seen this in a small way during that period of corona to many it was you know when we look at it with fear it just pushed us back into our small little shells. But to those who were ready, it opened doors to a different kind of understanding about life. It opened doors to a new way of connecting with the environment, with ourselves and leading to progress. So there are two aspects of grace which at least we encounter. One is that aspect which is the most welcome, which brings peace in the heart of troubled humanity if we focus only on the human beings and it is because of grace that men refuse to believe that death is true. You see, it's a paradox because when we look at life, we see that the only certain thing everybody tells us from the most spiritual to the most external looking person, that the only thing certain in this life is death. The only thing certain in this life is uncertainty and ask any person who is living that if death is the only certain thing and life is full of uncertainties, 
then where is the soul security and where is the opportunity and the person will say well we'll talk about it later right now i want to live and right now i want to grow such is the action of grace that in the heart of troubled humanity it plucks peace you know there is a very interesting image of this peace you know when you have to draw a peaceful image we usually draw a nice sky with wonderful colors and we say oh this is so peaceful but a painting which got the reward for peace was a painting where the sky was overcast there was thunderstorm and rain and hail and the season spate and there is a lonely tree shaking with the winds and in that tree there is a nest and in the nest there is a little bird and the bird is just sitting quietly what is it that despite everything that is happening men continue to have the will to live the will to progress the will to grow the will to take the challenges of life and diversify and turn it into opportunities of course we are quick to congratulate ourselves but the power that informs us and conducts all this affair is what is called as grace so this grace one is it brings peace to the human heart torn human heart troubled human heart it brings solace it brings comfort but there is another aspect of grace and that is progress so both go together so there are moments when we need grace only just to give us peace just to give us comfort and the grace comes it leans down over world pain it is spread all over the universe there is no particular uh, recipient who is favored by grace when mother was asked that you know does the grace favor the saint and reject the sinner she said no the grace is equally available with all in fact i would say that sometime that it is much more available with the sinner because it knows that he is the guy who needs it more and should be the reminders of that she he says that there are three powers which operate divine powers which operate in this creation which help human beings to evolve and grow so first he says there is the law the law of karma or whatever else you may call it so that is called vidhan so what is this vidhan it's not about justice this is a mistranslation the law of karma is built in such a way that human beings are compelled to evolve so actions consequences actions consequences and you learn and grow so it is a growth oriented paradigm and not a reward and punishment oriented paradigm so first is the law of karma which helps humanity to grow the second is divine compassion so what is divine compassion divine compassion he says gets into the net there is the net the law of karma is governing the net but the law of karma can be very difficult very complicated so you get consequences for whatever you are doing and you learn and grow imagine you know because uh, in real life the lessons come later and the experience comes first so this is how the law of karma operates many time we don't even know what has happened it's a it runs over large spaces of time so this is how the law of karma but compassion what does it do in this um, uh, you know imbroglio to use the word uh, from savitri this compassion leans it enters into the net picks up here and there and relieves solaces or brings out of that net so that is the divine compassion and why this compassion acts sometime there is just a little call sometime the time has come for instance he gives the example of compassion coming to the soul of tertius now here is a man who is persecuting the you know christians and he suddenly falls and he is uh, you know about to die he is very thirsty and christ appears before him and he says that well you need water 
and then he recognizes and he says why are you helping me why are you saving me and well this is a conversation which i am paraphrasing and he says because i am a savior and what are you saving why are you saving me he says not about your body but i am here to save your soul now the it's the same compassion which picks up a girl who is child daughter of the then american president woodrow wilson and she is you know besieged by many kinds of diseases autoimmune disorders this this name it and she had it and she chances apparently upon shirobindo's book essays on the geeta and she is so much taken aback now just imagine a completely different context living in the white house and you know the president's daughter and she chances upon essays on the geeta and then her life begins to change she wants to come and have shirobindo's darshan and she comes all the way and shirobindo has that famous 23rd november 1938 when he has what is called as you know when the the world war is about to break and all the clouds all the forces they attack him with ferocity and there is a fracture of the leg there is no darshan on 24th november there are many people who go back but she stays on and she stays on and there is a time when the world war breaks and woodrow wilson asks her you come back because you know we can take care of your body of you much better than what can be what is possible in india we can take care of you much much better and look at her reply she says yes i know you can take care of my body perhaps much better than in india but who will take care of my soul now this recognition this knowledge this experience this realization where does it come from had she realized the soul we do not know but in all likelihood this is an intuitive knowledge that sprang forth from a heart and she did shubindra gave her the name nishtan she did ultimately you know die here and we have a wonderful place where we see her uh, you know she is buried in kasnov it's amazing just imagine the president's daughter and being along with you know some i mean it's it's a, it, it's something to reckon with then he says apart from compassion there is grace now grace is still something which goes beyond compassion still goes into the net picks up some and they are changed but grace grace can completely cancel all the consequences it can annul the karmas now here is nishtha her soul is saved but her body is weak but if the grace grace can completely cancel the fixed chain of cause and effect it can lean down not only relieve us of our pain but completely annul the law it has that power to override the law not just pick out a few handful it can completely remove that that's how the mother describes that grace can completely annul karma so what does it need to annul karma so we often have this you know propitiation of deities uh, in india it's very common i think everywhere it is uh, in some way or the other where you go to a place and you get healed and you go and get well but we propitiate deities we we put some offerings for some favors but what does grace need she says nothing what is needed do we have to go to a place and seek grace the mother says nothing so what is needed she says just a call sometimes a call when one is in a state where there is impossibility before us and we just call the grace and it can intervene and change the entire course of things whatever was leading us to this point can be completely annulled and a new story start altogether so grace can completely annul karma then she says sometimes even call is not needed 
all that is needed is just a little faith. Faith in the grace. So this is the power of grace that it can completely override all these things and uh, take creation out of its misery. Shobindu in one of his letters reminds very beautifully, he says, strength if it is spiritual is a great power. Many people believe that you know it is only by your personal effort and strength that you can arrive at uh, whatever realization you want to. He says, yes, if it is spiritual, truly genuine, tapasya, it is a great power. He says, but a greater power is sincerity. But the greatest of all powers is grace. And then he says, any number of times I have reminded you of the famous verse in the Gita, Sarva dharman parityajya mame kam sharnam raja aham tva sarva pape bhyo mokshishami mashucha. So this is the action of grace. But its most characteristic action is to make one progress. Now you know, there are levels of grace. Mother at one place says something very interesting. She says, you know, in my highest grace, now this is where Shurvinda used the word highest grace. She says, when I am in my highest mode of functioning, see, divine itself can function at different levels. Divine can suddenly be a justice, uh, dispenser of justice. He can do that. And he can punish the wicked and evil. He can raise up the one who was tortured. He can come as that. But the divine as grace. So she says, in that, there is no error, no evil. Everything is completely is completely unconditional. There is no conditions at all. And she says that that's the highest mode of functioning. So, this grace which acts from the highest realms is the hope of the future. It is the hope of man. But if this were not there, there would always be some conditions attached to our evolutionary progress. So, when we say this, we have an interesting passage from Shurabindu himself. One of those passages which has been which when we read initially, we may get even shaken up because it's, it's of course a shake-up call because we take grace for granted. And in fact, it, it is the one which, you know, people often say, the mother says that when things go well, you are going on a road and you um, had an accident, but you came out with minimum damage. So what do we say? Oh, grace. But she says, how many times it has saved you without even having that accident? We don't even notice it because it's operating in this whole creation in an amazing way. And I have countless examples, stories, not only in my own life, in the life of people, just a little faith and it can completely save things. That's why it's a savior grace from, I mean, beyond any logic. I can share just maybe a couple of stories. One story is of my father. He had a small little blessing packet which I had given him. Uh, he didn't have so much faith in mother. He had faith in Lord Rama. But he carried that blessing packet all right with him. And that blessing packet I had seen lying in a heap uh, of, you know, um, torn papers and all and it was set to fire. And I saw that blessing packet. Somebody had thrown it and I picked it out. So the mother's photo was unscathed and part, part of it was burnt. Now this little story is important because he was carrying it and the bogey in which he was traveling, the air-conditioned coach, it got fire. And the whole thing had to be stopped and everybody came down. But my father, usual, he said, no, no, I am not getting down. So people said, you are crazy. He said, maybe, but I have complete faith that nothing is going to happen. And he took out the blessing packet and just held on to the blessing packet. Now, the strange part was that not only the fire was put out, there was no damage. And of course, 
people started operating from here and there. But I do believe what Mother has said that sometimes one person opening to the grace can help a large section of humanity. Just one person is required. So grace can act in two ways. One is individually, second is collectively. In collective action of grace, all that is required is one person who is a little open. So that's where we come to like why this condition of opening. So Shirobindo speaks of it. And when he, when it comes to yoga, this transformation at one place, Shirobindo says, when you look at the goal, this goal appears to be the most difficult and near impossible. You ask most of these, many of even spiritual persons that, you know, Shubindu speaks about transformation and all. Is it really possible? Uh, though it is inevitable in the logic of things. That's what I was mentioning from dust to man. So man has to go further. Whatever man seeks in his incompleteness is already destined for him in the future. This is how the logic of, the logic of spiritual things operate. That whatever our will and faith is, that is going to be realized in time to come. So um, when we look at... Uh, Ask many of these people that, you know, is it really possible? It is, po- is it possible that man will conquer death? He will, uh, you know, one day be a recipient of immortality. Is it really possible that man will, uh, you know, uh, he will be, be divinized? Will his body become luminous and all these things? Most human beings will say, no, no, it's not possible. These are fantastic stories. But you know why they are not able to understand it? Because they don't ha- take into account the incalculable factor of grace. You see, these are the kind. This kind of humanity which believes that you have to do this X, Y, Z, and then you will get the result A, B, C. You see, many of even spiritual movements are based on this. There is a technique, there is a method. You practice it, and you get results. In Shrivindu's yoga, when people ask that, you know, what is the technique? What is the method? The other day, I was sharing this. I said, see, when people came here in the beginning, and they asked the old sadhaks that. Um, what is to be done here? Nobody is here to tell what is to be done. Even recently somebody asked me, why nobody tells what is to be done? Well, precisely because nothing else is to be done except calling the mother's grace. So someone was asking me uh, yesterday that how did you come to know about that? You know, nothing else is to be done except calling the mother's name. I said, this is how you discover it. When I was told this by, you know, Chutnarayan Sharma ji, that you know, this is the path. I said, really? Is it really like this? What a fantastic goal. Is it so simple as that? And he said, yes. Mataji ka naam. Take mother's name. So, honestly, I mean, with all the love and devotion for mother, I still felt something you have to do it, you know. Till I was taken to a point repeatedly where I realized that you go to a point beyond which you just cannot go. It's like you reach the acme of your efforts. And then what do you do? Like a little child, you abandon in utter state of helplessness. And I'm not talking of helplessness about outer life challenges, but about inner challenges. And then you say, Grace, here I am. Whatever I am, you take care. And she takes care. And it's so interesting that why this effort was needed. This was the other question that I used to have. If Grace is really there, why effort is needed? So the reason why effort is needed is very simply to prepare us to receive the grace. This is exactly what Shrivindra is reminding us. There are two powers that alone can affect in their conjunction the great and difficult thing, which is the aim of our endeavor, a fixed and unfailing aspiration that calls from below 
and a supreme grace from above that answers. So he is speaking of the supreme grace which can completely annihilate all the difficulties of matter. Well, has it manifested upon earth? It has. Why didn't it succeed? Matter is not yet fully receptive. But it has prepared something. Something has been done and its action and consequences we are beginning to see. But that's a different subject altogether. That matter has been prepared for that. And so he says that these are the two. So what is this fixed and unfeeling aspiration? What does it do? Aspiration is like a flame. What does it do? It prepares the vase. It bakes the clay. Makes it ready to receive the grace. Um, if we do it with aspiration, wonderful. If we don't do it with aspiration, there is another method. God's backup plan. Original plan is grace. Aspiration, call, grace. There is, he doesn't want life to be difficult. Mother at one place says, my child, you should not believe that the divine wants to play a spoil sport and does not want you to be happy. None of those things. He wants us to go from joy to greater joy. After all, we are going to the Anandamaya. Why should the journey be unhappy and with suffering? He doesn't want it. And yet it comes inevitably. And that's where the whole thing comes. That it. Why does it happen? Because we are not ready. We are not uh, open. We are not receptive. So there is a backup plan of God that look here, we have to make humanity progress. So he says, okay, <coughs> this fellow is not ready to progress through aspiration. So let's do it the other way. And that other way is the way of suffering. It is not what is recommended. The soul's suffering is not the key. The, as mother put it very interestingly, we had just, uh, you know, passed Christmas and the mother says, it's not a crucified body, but a glorified body that will save the world. But for that, we have to believe in the grace and we have to aspire. If we do not aspire for it and we just remain the way we are and we want grace to act magically, well, it may do so. But then we should not grudge the time. Even this was asked to Shirobindo. There is a very interesting incidence of a man who would, uh, every possible defect in the world, well, he had it, it seems. And on top of it, he would keep on, you know, saying things, would not open to Mother and Shirobindo, all kinds of things. But Shirobindo and the mother, with their infinite compassion and grace, would keep him. Then finally, at one point of time, he just went away. In one of those attacks, those moods, he turned away. So, this is an interesting correspondence when Nirudha asked him, when the divine knew that he is likely to go away, why did the divine take him into uh, the yoga at all? And Shubhindu says, the divine gives a chance to everybody. He says, because there was a chance. So, what does the divine do? If there is one millionth chance, he will take that. This is something that the divine can do. Human beings don't act like that. Human beings act that, okay, uh, is there a little chance of failure? They will weigh, calculate. But the divine acts just the opposite way. One small sliver of a chance and the divine takes it. That's why Shrivindu reminds us in Synthesis of Yoga that even if this is the smallest, narrowest, wicked gate which is opening to the divine, the great ones never condemn such a person. The Gita, it goes on to say, which Shrivindu emphasizes a lot later on, I mean, in essence on the Gita and the synthesis, he says, even the man who is worst, who has gone into the very down into the abysses, yet if he takes the divine name, the Gita says, you should regard him as a sadhu, as somebody who is saintly person. Very soon he is pulled out of that predicament and carried on. Once again, he is put on the right track. 
So then Shrivindu was asked next question, okay, the divine gave him a chance. But then, why didn't the divine stop him from going? Good question. He could have stopped. Actually, Shrivindu several times writes to him, the mother does not want you to go, you stay. I am not speaking here of Dilip Kumar Roy, but somebody else. So, Shrivindu says, yes, but what if he refuses to listen to the grace? Refuses to listen to the divine? After all, there is a certain freedom. But then he goes on to say, but in any case, he may have gone away from the from here. He seems to have abandoned grace, but the grace never abandons. It goes with him wherever he goes. And when the time comes, it turns the person back when he is ready. There is a nice interesting story. Another lady told me, she had joined the ashram. Two years she stayed here. And then she wanted to go out and see the world. And she got married and she came to mother to take her blessings. The mother made her wait for some time. And then when her turn came, the mother held her hand, took a rose, put it all around her palm. Like this she kept moving. And she says, you will go round and round and round and round the world. And then you will come back here. And with great force, he put back that flower into her hand. And he says, I literally went round and round and round the world. Something or the other kept happening. Why? Because one who is touched by the grace, wherever one may do, go, the grace is not going to leave. It will chase us out of every liar, out of every hideout, out of every corner and bring us back. That's why um, Francis Thomas's one poem has almost immortalized him. I mean, in Shrubindu's own words. He may not have written other great poems. I mean, I am no um, conizer of poetry to just that. But I am going by what Shrubindu said and the poem that I have read. And that poem is The Hound of Heaven. And where he says that, you know, I tried to hide. I tried to run away from God. But it would that hound will chase me, find me and draw me out. This is grace. That somebody is running away. And the divine is not leaving. Just imagine what what pains the divine takes to call the creation back to himself. And there are countless stories, Charu Chandradat and many, many others which come to my mind, but you know, probably positive of time, uh, that the grace has come in mysterious ways to pull us back to the origin, connect us with the origin. So this is the second action of the grace, not just to provide peace to the soldier on the battlefield. Not just to help people like in Second World War, we know countless stories. Yes, of course it is grace. But there is a grace which leans into the abyss and pulls the creation out and joins it to the divine, annulling all the intermediary links. This is what the grace can do. And that's the highest grace which Shrivinda says that we must invoke, aspire for. But then he says something very interesting. But the supreme grace will act only in the conditions of the light and the truth. It will not act in conditions laid upon it by the falsehood and the ignorance. For if it were to yield to the demands of the falsehood, it would defeat its own purpose. When people read this, they slightly misread it. <laughs> I had misread it. It looks like Shrivindi is saying there are conditions for the grace to act. No, if you read that, let's read it slowly. But the supreme grace will act only in the conditions of the light and the truth. Look at the qualifier after that. It will not act in conditions laid upon it by the falsehood and the ignorance. So what are the conditions laid by the falsehood and the ignorance? 
I lead my life the way I want to lead. But the grace, you have to be all the time with me, do whatever. Now, Shubhindu was asked this question and he said, well, the grace may do it still. <laughs> but when we fulfill these conditions of light and truth, which means we don't keep on, as mother says that, you know, my child, you are going repeatedly out of my protection to, uh, well, our Amal Kiran. <laughs> and yet, the grace still pulls him. The classic example is when he had taken a medicine by accident, three times the lethal dose. And just when he's about to sink, he felt his consciousness concentrated here, everything else is oblivious of. And he just surrendered himself to the mother. And the mother recount this incidence in her collected verses, how the grace pulled, pulled him out. Just a little call. Very beautifully, we don't understand something, we reach your window and how the mother says that, Above all the so-called complications of the human wisdom, there stands the luminous simplicity of the grace, ready to act if only we allow it to do so. So this allowing the grace to act are the conditions. Conditions of light and truth means what? That well, come into my life, change my life and I am ready and prepared for it. Not that when it comes and starts changing the life, we say, oh, why have you come? And mother gives this wonderful example of this boy who wanted to pursue yoga and he was tormented because his father would not let him. All those talk things. Child is only meant to take care of the parents. No other work. The child has been produced as a commodity. Why? Because when he grows up and I grow old, he will take care of me. This is, this. I mean, crass. But this is how we look at it. So the child used to say, oh, I want to pursue yoga, but my father would not let me. Father would not let him. So he prayed to grace. And mother says that suddenly his father was on deathbed. Grace doesn't act according to human calculations. And what is death and life to the divine working? It's just a changeover, a transition. Literally, you be happy, he'll be happy. <laughs> so when this happened, he started saying, oh, you are a cruel monster, God. I was praying that you help me come out of this situation. And my father is on deathbed. How could you do it? You are a monster. And then the grace brought him back. And then again the same story started. The moment the father came back, he forgot that he is, it is, he is the one. His son has prayed for his life. And instead of that, he started stopping him again. So grace works in incalculable ways. So when we surrender, when we are open, when we are receptive, it helps in the action. And in the Vedas, it described as that the patra, the vessel can be open to the, uh, you know, to receive what it is there, what is coming, or it can be closed, it can be turned down. And when it is turned down, the grace is pouring all around. The rain will be pouring. But our vessel, the human vessel is turned downwards. Or we have put a shield, nice, you know, you have the vessel turned upward, but a nice shield of doubt, despair, everything has been put. And after some time, say, we had turned it upward, but nothing came in. Why? Because we had put the hard lid of the intellect between us and the grace. That's why the, the mother says, above all the so-called compli complication of the human wisdom, there is a luminous simplicity of the divine grace, ready to act if only we allow it to do so. Now, our whole civilization, uh, illness, I don't want to speak of this uh, left brain approach, which, uh, you know, as, um, or rather the analytical approach, as I keep remembering this joke, 
that there are two sides of the brain, the left and the right, and the left has nothing right in it, and the right has nothing left in it. And it is so true that you know this kind of analytical approach, which wants to understand what the greatest mystery of creation. There is no greater mystery than grace. When the Gita speaks about three mysteries of creation, one of them is that there is God's presence inside, and you can find Him. It's a great mystery. The second mystery is the divine taking a human form. Great mystery. But what is the supreme secret? Rahasya Uttamam. So that supreme secret is Sarva Dharman Parityaja Mamekam Sharnam Raja Aham Twa Sarva Papebhyo Mokshishami Masucha. Can the grace completely annul karma? What about justice? When people would ask Mother, Mother, I want justice. Mother would say, Are you sure? Have you checked your accounts? See, people who ask justice, no, they check other people's accounts. See, mother, there's some mistakes in his register. He should be punished. See, mother, this person, his register also. And whose registers? People whom you don't like. There are others who may have done much bigger blunders, but they are flattering you, so they are fine people. But have we checked our own register? So the mother said, don't invoke universal justice. If it were to manifest, none of you will be able to stand. Because universal justice, when it acts, it will say, My child, they will show their register. You show me your register. <laughs> what is there in your register? Are you sure that your figures are correct and the numbers right? So therefore, she would say, Invoke grace for everybody. Why? Sarve bhavantu sukhina, sarve santu niramaya. Call the grace so that the sick are healed. Doesn't matter. They may be wicked. Give them a chance when they are healed that, okay, now you turn to the light and the right. So this is why the conditions make it easier for the grace to act. So when mother was asked that, um, uh, does it mean that it won't come to the sinner? She said, yes, it will come. But it won't let the sinner remain a sinner. So that's why the conditions. When it comes to Jagai and Madhai of, you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that infamous fame, the bootlegger, those who will get drunk and you know beat the devotees. When the grace came, they changed. When grace came to Ratnakar, he changed into a Valmiki. So it doesn't let us remain the same old person. It comes, but it changes us. Now, what if we do not are not ready for change? Then it will take us to the long process. And yet it will end up changing us. We'll go through that process of the consequences. Sometimes the consequences, even dire consequences, are nothing else but grace. That's why it is said that when you know life brings a very difficult phase, take it as a grace. And if you take it like that, it'll turn out to be so. Whatever be the event, take it as a grace. So this is the story of this man who was asked to, you know, leave and go away. And he asked Nalnida that, you know, what crime I have done that mother is asking me to leave. There are others who have done this and that. So Nalida told him only one thing. Take it as a grace of the mother and you will understand it by and by. He went away. After 10 years he comes and says, you know, that was the biggest grace that happened in my life. So this way that, you know, we want to understand grace by a little human mind. A little human mind cannot even understand the motive of our own actions, let alone grace. I remember my own, my first or second experience with, you know, with Shurabindo's darshan where Shurabindo, I just asked him, sir, why so much grace on me? All that he said is, do not question grace, just receive it. 
grace acts without any human logic without even the logic of the gods but by the logic of the supreme the logic of the infinite that is something beyond us so that's why the conditions and then he explains that what are these conditions what are the conditions after all we say oh conditions conditions what is the condition which applies condition is very simple there must be a total and sincere surrender what is this condition divine is not saying come give all your money and then the condition you know he is not saying that sign up a check of million dollars then i'll give you the grace no he is actually doing something which is making it going to make it even easier he is saying you give your burden sincerely and the grace will act now imagine it's like a win win situation but sincere it's not like i have given my burden to you and i want to obey you but at every second moment i contradict it there must be an exclusive self opening to the divine power obviously imagine on one side we are opening to the divine power on the other side we are opening to all the things in the world what is going to happen imagine the divine pulling our one hand right or left or whatever or holding just a, a tuft of hairs and everybody else is pulling all the sides and we are saying you also pull you also pull what is going to happen two things either will be broken into pieces and we'll leave only the choti in <laughs> the divine acts but everything else will be pulled up this is how the divine acts such is the mystery of the grace marvel of the grace that once it picks up a human vessel a human instrument a human channel a human being then everything else it takes care of and pulls up he reminds us that this surrender is required there must be a constant and integral choice of the truth that is that, that is descending that's what surrender means actually a constant and integral rejection of the falsehood of the mental vital and physical powers and appearances that still rule the earth nature so on one side others grace on the other side the lawyers grace on the third side policemen's grace politicians grace rely on the grace doesn't matter see how it will work and when we rely it should be like doesn't matter what is going to happen whatever be the outcome complete reliance on the grace there is a very interesting story of course obviously not everybody is endowed with such faith but there was a man who used to work in the marbling department and he had uh, you know at 40 developed spinal tuberculosis and he went to um, he asked mother because the doctor advised him urgent surgery and medicines he asked the mother and mother said do as you please so he was confused he took second opinion so he also said urgent surgery and medicine again he wrote to the mother mother said do as you please he said mother i don't know what to do you tell me what to do so mother said remember my child it is only the grace that can heal you and then he said abandon everything he said i am going to completely rely on the grace go for my work every day 40 years of age 40s he had this and he lived on to in his 80s and all the pain and everything of the spinal column gone tuberculosis disappeared but we need that kind of faith now we may use the word faith is a condition surrender is a condition yes it is but what is this condition it's simply to augment the action of the grace if the grace comes and we keep doubting will it want it will it want it then we are ourselves pushing it away that's what shirobindo is reminding us in this paragraph 
so there are people very intelligent people who tell us that okay all this sounds very magical no no grace everything grace cannot do so let me just remind ourselves and i just thought we'll read this wonderful prayer about grace what grace can do so what grace can do is there in this prayer and it's a prayer on the year end december 28th 1928 so it's an year end prayer from prayers and meditation the mother there is a path that no ruler can command you can't order the divine you must do this you know people say you have to do jor jabardasti with the divine that's a lack of surrender there is a power that no ruler can command there is a happiness that no earthly success can bring there is a light that no wisdom can possess there is a knowledge that no philosophy and no science can master there is a bliss of which no satisfaction of desire can give the enjoyment there is a thirst for love that no human relation can appease there is a peace that one finds nowhere not even in death so mother where do we find all these things we want that kind of power we want that happiness we want that knowledge we want that love we want that peace we want that wisdom light where do we find it mother how do we find it so she re- responds continues it is the power the happiness the light the knowledge the bliss the love the peace that flow from the divine grace everything in life and anything in life that we may be doing just add to it the touch of alchemist grace that's all that is required and we'll see how it changes difficulties into opportunities it changes the turbid passions of human love into something which is uplifted beyond the skies it will change give to wisdom a new outlook an all comprehensive outlook which we never had before it will give to happiness the unfading joy all other happiness tends to go up and down but the touch of grace any happiness but what do we do oh i am happy my own efforts just there was a very interesting something i learned you know from a man he was admitted in care and he remained healthy throughout that i have known him he left his body also like that very nicely in a prayerful state suddenly he goes away and of course i had a hunch he is going to leave like that whenever somebody would ask him how are you govind bhai and he would say by the grace by the grace whatever i am is by the grace not like well i'm good and then we had i take good care of my health you know every day morning and people honor their own every day morning i go for jogging one hour i do this i exercise strict control over my diet huh? i am a complete organic 
here is a man with the utter simplicity and candor of a child. He says, by the grace. So to live by the grace, to be carried by the grace, to be held by the grace, to be open to grace, to be supported by the grace, to invoke and feel the touch of grace at each moment of our life, is to turn life into a marvel and a wonder that no human achievement can ever surpass. The Saviour grace has always been present. It's not like it is coming now. The whole creation is a story of the Saviour grace. Some would call it love. Slightly, just like the difference between love and grace is the difference between the fruit and the flower. Which is better? Flower gives joy, beauty, radiance. Fruit, taste it, it's very tasty. It gives something else, it nourishes us, nurtures us. Flower is grace. Fruit is love. Fruit is born out of divine sacrifice in matter. But grace, grace just blooms. It can bloom in the desert, it can bloom in wilderness, it can bloom in the mud and mire of human nature. And the moment one sees it, the moment its touch is felt, the heart rejoices and recognizes the unseen beloved. The mind is informed with the knowledge that pours from somewhere, nowhere, everywhere, anywhere. One doesn't know from where. Why? Because the touch of grace is there. And life is suddenly uplifted on wings beyond the human stature and even the body remembers God. Let's close with these marvelous lines invoking grace. At the head she stands of birth and toil and fate. In their slow rounds the cycles turn to her call. Alone her hands can change time's dragon base. Hers is the mystery the night conceals. The spirit's alchemist energy is hers. She is the force, the inevitable word. The magnet of a difficult ascent. The sun from which we kindle all our suns. The light that leans from the unrealized vast. The joy that beckons from the impossible. The might of all that never yet came down. All nature dumbly calls to her alone to heal with her feet the aching throb of life and break the seals on the dim soul of man and kindle her fire in the closed heart of things. The supreme action of grace will be the supreme harmony, divine harmony upon earth. But a harmony not based on falsehood. Not based on adjustment associations, but a harmony which is the spontaneous outflowering of the Gnostic superhumanity of tomorrow. All here shall be one day her sweetness is home. All contraries, even in individual's life, the oppositions, all contraries prepare her harmony. Towards her our knowledge climbs, our passion gropes. In her miraculous rapture we shall dwell. Her clasp shall turn to ecstasy, our pain. Our self shall be oneself with all.
through her. May we open more and more to her illimitable grace. Bonane. Thank you, all of you. I think uh, it was wonderful uh, to be in her company today. Uh, and anything we say, it will not justify the feelings. So we'll leave it there. And if anyone has any question, uh, please can ask or discuss however, whatever is in your mind is a happy new year new year beginning of new year alok ji namaskar 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 mera mera sawal ye hai ki jab wo hazad hue tab uske baad kevindo ne kaha tha ki bhai akhand bharat jal ho jayega ab 70 saal ho gaye what went wrong नहीं नहीं जा रहा है उस दिशा में एकदम स्पष्ट दिखाई दे रहा है द राइटिंग इज क्लियर ऑन द वॉल पर सेवेंटी ईयर्स इज नथिंग इन द लाइफ ऑफ ए नेशन नेशंस लिव फॉर हंड्रेड्स एंड थाउजेंड्स ऑफ ईयर्स सेवेंटी ईयर्स इज नथिंग इन द लाइफ ऑफ ए नेशन बट वो तो एकदम मुझे तो लगता है कि बड़े तेज गति से जा रहा है हर चीज इवन जो लग रही है अजीब सी इंक्लूडिंग द बेल्ट एंड रोड इनिशिएटिव is actually pushing towards the disintegration of pakistan and the compulsion to form a grouping larger federation parts of pakistan india bangladesh all these come together it's going in that direction this is exactly how the mother predicted so nothing went wrong all is going right despite the human instruments and their you know people are talking about it that's the interesting part सत्तर साल में लोगों ने बोलना शुरू कर दिया है कि हाँ एक ही होते अच्छा रहेगा पर ऑफ कोर्स इट वोट हैपन लाइक द वे वी एक्सपेक्ट कि वन डे वन डे द प्रेसिडेंट ऑफ पाकिस्तान एंड द प्राइम मिनिस्टर ऑफ इंडिया विल से अरे यार चलो अखंड भारत बनाते ऐसे नहीं होगा <laughs> ऐसे नहीं होगा तो वो तो थोड़ा होने दीजिए खेल है लेकिन इट इज गोइंग इन दैट डायरेक्शन इट इज वेरी वेरी क्लियर whether we'll see it in this uh, human uh, frame or another human frame ye to hai nahi ki lifetime ek lifetime hota hai par hai ye nischit ab to ye political analyst ko bhi dikhne laga hai ki ye aur koi chara nahi hai what is the other alternative america is no more pakistan is no more a vassal state of america it's a vassal state of china kya destiny hai uski matlab ye to saaf hai क्या उसके पास ऑप्शन रहेगा अपार्ट फ्रॉम ज्वाइनिंग हैंड्स विद इंडिया इन ए लार्जर कॉन्फेडरेशन इट इज नो चॉइस बट थोड़ा जो बाकी चीजें जो इस्लामिक ऑनस्लॉट है इन सब चीजों को जरा शांत होने दीजिए नहीं तो इमेजिन यू नो प्रीमेच्योर हो गया तो भी प्रॉब्लम होगी <laughs> थोड़ा जाने दीजिए ना कष्ट तकलीफ से वो प्रोसेस नहीं तो फिर वही होगा कुछ दस साल सब बॉन होम ही रहेगी फिर कहेंगे कि लेट्स मल्टीप्लाई नंबर let's turn india into pakistan state islamic state so that's why the divine has a wonderful plan not one but several backup plans so as long as islam doesn't integrate in its current form i don't it, it will wait yeah yeah there is no doubt nobody is denying that there is no current form or past form of islam there it's just a socio political system there is no religion in it 
whatever was there is buried in the sands of arabia let me be very very straight but a socio political system with the changing world scenario cannot last ad infinitum we are not living in an age when you keep on you know in the name of islam and jihad keep on you know uh, brandishing a sword and destroy the world it won't happen sense will prevail it is happening already the first seeds are of course it resists uh, the resistance is because people are brainwashed the problem is that when you brainwash people then you can't apply reason par ab wo to shuru hoga how can you fool any section of humanity all the time par again as i said you know few hundred years is nothing in the life of it's destined either it it had to modify and evolve uh, it possibility was there in sufi mysticism and all i don't see it at this point of time so ab choice ka rahegi if it doesn't disintegrate there will be a you know kind of uh, world alignment maybe even a kind of not world war but a kind of mini action in which you will see these things go kuch bhi nahi hai 70 80 100 saal par hoga that i agree the premise i agree islam in its form uh, whatever form present or past it has it, it cannot allow peace to be established upon world that is for sure yeah there is a huge movement of living islam if you look into the internet world you see lot of people in thousands are living islam बैकडोर से चल रहा था तो चीजें बदल रही है a state which was obviously formed on the basis of islam and it was feeding it but wo hota hai na bhagwan ne buddhi aisi ghumai ki you know 911 happened and now you know it realizes ki you no know, this was a wrong basket of course that time cold war ye sab uska background hai which is now gone a different kind of cold war has started so it's bound to change and one can see the writing is clear on the wall i think even people in pakistan know it they are just waiting ki kab hoga hoga sure window ne kaha hai hoga <laughs> let's put it theek hai hum namaste thank you banani happy new year happy new year may we all open to her grace and be filled by it her